Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege to have an outstanding guest with us. Her name is Danielle Ciari. She's the lead publisher at Inno Nurse. She's, a, she's got a master's in nursing informatics and is a registered nurse with experience ranging from hospital setting of transplants, trauma, as well as a case manager in a corporate environment and a leading global health technology influencer. She's a contributor to the Microsoft Intel in Health Nurse blog, Hims Europe, Hims on LinkedIn, published author. She's been nominated as one of the top information technology 100, HIT 100, uh, social media ambassador for Hims, owner and publisher of Inno Nurse, which we're going to be talking about now. It's InnoNurse.info. It's a forward thinking health IT curation website. And she's also a health IT consultant who advises firms of all sizes and also takes pride in empowering the minority nurse to do more and uh, to have better representation. So, Danielle, love that you're here with us and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited and uh, just to have this conversation and, and share our time together. So thank you for inviting me and having me. It is a true pleasure, Danielle. So what would you say got you into healthcare to begin with? Uh, years ago, when I, basically when I was small, I just loved science. I love science and I love people. And time I got to high school, I realized you could put those two things together and people paid you. And nice. I thought it was genius. <laughs> <And so, laughs> like, you're like, you're like, wait a minute. And people together? Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do in this space, but uh, I'm definitely going to do something. So that's how I kind of started and just doing my general science and got to volunteer for the military and like through the Red Cross. And I guess see the nurses were doing and nurse practitioners and doctors in the Navy and uh, just just doing little stuff like using the microscope and checking for different diseases and kind of correlating what I was learning in anatomy to what I was actually seeing in real life. And I said, yeah, this, this is my wheelhouse and uh, I'm going to become a nurse. Wow. Uh, kind of take it from there. And then came into the ER. I said, oh, wow, like this changes every day. Because I thought initially I would do like OBGYN. I got there and I was like, mm, this is the same every day. I think I've made a mistake. Like I got to mm. figure this out. And I just loved how it always evolved and how nursing evolves. And you don't have to just do one thing. You don't have to have just one mindset. So that's kind of how I got started. I love that. It is a very natural pathway. You love the change. You love, you love the the ebb and flow. And maybe that's why you got into informatics and, and the stuff that you're up to. Um, what what would you say, Danielle, is a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how are you and just your work approaching that? Basically, I look throughout the year uh, globally, and I kind of see the trends, kind of being on the ground. Uh, working with different teams, uh, whether it's IT, medical. So what I'm really looking, continuing is artificial uh, intelligence. It's still going to be a big thing coming through this year. Um, uh, augmented reality and how that's being implemented more into healthcare. I saw two years ago how it's being implemented in um, Norway. 
mm-hmm. and how it was engaging with the patient. So I'm going to see more it going towards the clinicians using it. You see a little bit uh, from some clinicians in the UK using it. So I would say those are two things and the cloud's coming back mm-hmm. in a big way. So I would say those are the, the three things I'll be looking for for next year, how people are implementing it, how are they using it, and is it um, useful? Does it trickle down to the patient? Does it trickle down to the end users? The cloud, augmented reality, how do we put these things in on the ground for the, for the folks listening? What, what, what do they have to be thinking about? Well, when it comes to augmented reality, I've been watching it being implemented into electronic healthcare records, mm-hmm. making it easier for clinicians to chart. I've been dabbling a bit, just trying to learn uh, on my own. There's a lot of kind of online and offline tribes that I'm with where we're playing with avatars and having meetings online, mm-hmm. which is find it really interesting. And uh, patients are coming, clinicians are coming, IT people are coming to those events online. So just another way of uh, you know, communicating while learning how to use the tools. Force artificial intelligence, I see people implementing it for small and large companies. The way it kind of correlates, say, with like insurance and helping the patient guiding them through uh, the process or say diagnostic, almost going down through a logarithm. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you know, I have this symptom, I have that symptom, I have this symptom. And then they're loading up a lot of different research as backed by physicians to kind of correlate to, you know, what they possibly have instead of just searching on Google, uh, which has been going on for a while. So I would say those two. And then when it comes to the cloud, people are deciding, you know, can they afford to implement it? Should they implement it? Whether it's like hybrid cloud, you know, what's the best for them? Uh, Can they get the data back out? Um, How do they get the data back out? Do they have people on their teams after um, these companies have gone? Do they know how to, uh, to use them properly? So those are things that I'm looking at across the world. Love it. Some great examples. Thank you for that, Danielle. And, and listeners, if you, if you hadn't had a chance to, to check out Danielle's blog, inonurse.info, that's I-N-N-O, nurse.info, the, the topics that she's bringing up, she is just a collector of ideas and information, and she, she organizes it so neatly on her, uh, on her blog. I encourage you to check that out. Um, learn more about the cloud. Learn, learn more about the uh, artificial intelligence applications and augmented reality. Go, go there. We'll leave a link in the, in the show notes so you could do that uh, for sure. But um, uh, Danielle, um, tell us uh, a time when through your very entrepreneurial way of doing things, you had a setback and, and what you learned from that setback. I would say what I've learned is, and I, and I really thought about this, is learning when to stay and learning when to go. Uh-huh. Sometimes it, you, you're at a place and you've learned everything that you can learn and everything you can share and it just kind of repeats. So to me, it's like learning when to leave the stage, Yeah, I think is, is the biggest thing and winning to, to try something new, to improve yourself, to um, find like-minded people. And not to be afraid to to step out. I would say um, biggest mistake might be just just staying too long mm. and kind of hoping things change instead of just you know changing it for yourself. 
I love that. And I, and I love the, the, the metaphor of knowing when to leave the stage. <laughs> I just got this picture stage. of like the show's over and you're still there. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one to get off. It. Where is everybody? No, get uh, off when they're still clapping. Don't stay around. Where, where <laughs> why, why he or she is still here. And I think that's the, that's the toughest thing. You can get comfortable. Love that. That's a great picture. Can be your, uh, can be your greatest enemy because you're not pushing yourself to do better to know more, to, to expand. Like sometimes you outgrow the stage you're on mm-hmm. and you're just kind of sitting around because you're afraid to go for, you know, various different reasons, benefits mostly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true? I mean, so many people are where they are because of the benefits. Healthcare is expensive. Uh, and, and if you could find a way to, to do it better, just, just go, just do something new. Uh, but if you love what you're doing, stay with it, you know? And, yeah, and stay with it. Some people find their niche and that's mm-hmm. it and they're good. And, you know, but if you, you feel like you can't grow anymore, it's, it's preparing for that move and just to prepare yourself. Like some people just sleep. So not just sleep, but really kind of lay your groundwork out well. So yeah. you're, just, you're more stepping forward than let leaping. You know, I, I, um, uh, there's an episode, or there's a, that episode of. Uh, well, it's not an episode. It's a, it's a clip of uh, that movie, Up in the Air, with George Clooney. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he's his job is to basically fire people, but he's sitting there in that scene and and tells the guy, "Hey, you know what's your passion? Cooking. Well, you've been here your whole life, and you ha- and you left your dream because you wanted benefits and you wanted this and that. It's, it's an opportunity for you to do that." And I, th- I thought that was pretty good uh, and kind of in line with what you're saying, Danielle. Just just go for what you're you're interested in and what you're passionate about. Yeah, usually it's fear. Fear of taking that chance. Fear of explaining like what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And usually what you find is yourself on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, so give us an example, Danielle, of how your work, whether it be your blog, your consulting, your bedside work, uh, how that is improving outcomes, creating better results by doing things differently. I guess my biggest push for disruption is digital health literacy, whether I'm teaching uh, nurses, doctors, techs, anyone, whether it's online or offline, it's uh, my big push is digital health literacy. Hmm. Uh, Tell me more. When it comes to digital health literacy, I kind of observe people. And uh-huh. see, you know, where their their strengths are, and where they kind of need to be shored up, and then just kind of, kind of make friends with them. Like, hey, you know, how do you do this, or how do you do that? Or uh, when I see someone struggling, and I just asked the nurse, I said, so how do you do your banking? She's like, I don't. I said, um, what kind of phone do you use? Like a flip phone. I'm like, how do you fly? She's <laughs> like, I'm like, um, how do you use a computer at home? She's like, I don't. I, my husband sets up the email. I type it and he sends it. So when you have someone like that and you have to show them how to use, you know, different software or a platform or a tool, you kind of have to understand their background, where they're coming from, so you can relate to them and then build them and shore them up. So to me, it's the digital health literacy and people being afraid to, to own their digital health literacy. You know, like, I just don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. Yeah. And everything. And so, and so have you gotten involved in any projects or, or helped any organizations kind of get their literacy up or just 
implement something with a better approach? Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably a quarter of what I do. I kind of do like a mini assessment and see like, okay, um, to see where the individual's at, where the team is at, where the whole group is at, like who's been running away from computers and still on paper. And in 2018, people, there's some places out there, people are 100% on paper. Yeah. They're still hand mixing drugs. They're using dialer flows. They're not using pumps. And to get someone where they're on a flip phone and not using computers, to the time I leave, they can use computers to understand how Wi-Fi works. Like, I'm in the corner, the computer doesn't work. It's like, you got to come out of that corner. <laughs> it's not going to work. This is how Wi-Fi works. <laughs> you know, just little stuff that you wouldn't think of because you got kind of take it for granted. And it's not a True. an age thing. And that's what I really push with people. Um, it's individuals where they are and how they've used technology in the last decade. Because some people have just taken a nap. I call it oh. the 10-year nap. And they've waken up and they're like, all this stuff is happening. And they, they can't, it's not they're not intelligent, they're not educated. Yeah, they just can't function. And, you know, when I left, the woman knew how to use computers. She knew how to use a pump. You know, she accepted. She no longer can make her drugs anymore. <laughs> and she had to accept, you know, this is how things are going to go and try to ease that change. Yeah. No, I think that's a, it's a great call out. And, um, uh, and, and what would you say is one of your most proud leadership experiences in, in healthcare? Proud leadership experience? I would say a, a, a couple. Anytime I, I teach uh, with my students or I'm tutoring or doing any consultings, when uh, the people at the end, they get it. In the past, they get the A that they wanted. They achieved their goal. To me, like the example of that woman getting her from a flip phone to totally functioning again and have new tools that she can use in her life. That's a big step. So I would say that those would be my proudest most people succeeding and seeing them succeed and, and they take away something that they can use uh, continuously. Love that. Tell us about an exciting project you're working on. I have a couple that um, I'm really, really interested in. I'm preparing uh-huh. for the, the next year, the next season. So going to be working more on my writing, working more with um, like individual startups. I'm really uh, fascinated with. So that's going to be coming in a new year. I don't want to say quite yet, but things that I find really interesting, groups I'm finding really interesting, having the opportunity to work with these new companies that maybe three years ago, this wasn't even on my radar to do, that this would be part of my life. I would say that, the last two years of my work culminating to next year, uh, working with more um, smaller companies and a few larger ones as well that are doing some new um, new tips and tricks. Yeah. So I would say the coming new year is going to be, I, I say, my most exciting time in the last two years. That's brilliant. If you had to give it a theme, what would you say the theme would be? Ooh, that's a good question. The theme. To me, I, I would say the new theme is Everyone, whether it's a large company, small company, the individuals, everyone's really turning on to being go-getters. Mm-hmm. Like they're hungry to know how things work. Yeah. I, I would say the theme is go-getters. Go-getters. People, are, people aren't just staying in one lane and saying it has to be this way. People's minds are open that you just can't do one thing. You know, like you have to write more. You have to do a podcast. You have to do more research. You just can't stay in your lane and think Love that's that. going to be enough for the future. It's, it's mm. that 
you know, getting your bachelor's, having one job, just staying there for the course of 20 years, that's kind of over. <laughs> that ship sailed. It's over. That sailed, people. sailed, people. And I, that's a really interesting point. And, yeah, and, um, chat, you have to, you have to do more and not just do more to be busy, but you have to create something that's worthwhile that people can digest. And it's not for money, it's it's sharing information. So you're giving something to someone and they could take it away. And it might not be one month, six months, they're gonna come back. Oh, oh I saw you doing IGTV. Like, how do you do IGTV? Can you explain that to me? Yeah. You know, oh yeah, no problem. You stop what you're doing. I'll do a little workflow and send it to them. Okay, great. It's that type of sharing exchange. To me, the new mindset is, well, I say the old mindset was, I got mine, good luck with yours. Yeah. And now it's like, how do we collaborate? How do we come together? How can I help you? What can I do for you? And so that's, I think, the biggest change is trying to find ways to help others and focusing on that. And it circles back to you. So to me, that's a big shift is you, you have to do more and you have to give back. Love that. So folks, you're listening to this. You're in your lane. Maybe you're playing outside of your lane. But uh, the encouragement is to get out of your lane and do a little bit more. Be purposeful. Follow Danielle's lead. It is, it is truly a, the way. And so the theme is go-getter. Now, check this out, Danielle. How about go-giver? I think it's even better. To be a go-getter, you got to be a go-giver. You have to give. You have to. <laughs> and it doesn't, it might be something small, but my theory always was before, I want to leave somebody better than the way I found them. Yes. And then now if someone, you know, contacts me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wants to connect, I always find something to give them. Can I give them a free membership to an association? Can I give them free Slack to communicate with a broader audience? Like, what can I give to make them better and then guide them through? You are the sister I never had. Because when I started, I was walking around the building, looking around and going, where has all this information been in my life? Where are these people been? Like no one talked about this technology and healthcare. And then I just sat kind of quietly. I learned to listen. And for two years I would go to events and I wouldn't talk to people. If they talked to me, I would talk, but I spent <laughs> a lot of time, you know, just listening. Cause I knew they knew things I didn't know. Yeah. And they were of the previous mindset. So they weren't going to give me the information. I was going to have to really listen and then learn and then go find my tribe. Mm-hmm. And then I found my tribe of people that are go-givers. <laughs> <laughs> and we do whatever it takes to, you know, help each other out. And it's not about I help you so you help me. It, it's almost like a research paper. You don't use your words and say, I, 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 this, this, this. You find 12 different references and then you write the paper. Yes. You know, you're featuring other people to validate what you're saying. Yes. And it's that mindset that's where my lane is right now, is how do I take other people's words and uh, fashion it to show this is where I feel things are going. This is what I'm interested in. And if anybody's going that direction, you know, I love to hop on your train and, and share. Well, uh, Danielle, the, the Outcomes Rocket listeners are in your lane right now. Thank you for inviting us here. <laughs> this is fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoy yourself. And thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Now, before you go, though, we're almost there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to go through a lightning round with you. Okay. And get your favorite book. I'm sure you have a list of them, but think of that one book that you want to recommend. So you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Uh, To me, it's reading. I I read four to six articles um, every morning over breakfast and coffee Hmm. and discuss them. So to me, um, someone calls it like old school curation, Uh Uh, reading and sharing information. Kind of like how people used to buy a whole bunch of newspapers and read them before they start the day. It's just digital now. Love that. You know, just taking that same format and it's just digital reading every morning. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Right now, I feel the trend is, and it's really weird, there's a lot of ageism. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be doing something and someone will call me a millennial and I'll ask them like, oh, you're, oh, you millennials. Or, oh, I said, why do you say that? It's like, well, you, use te- you know how to use technology. I'm like, that's just reading. That's, that's not an age thing. So I think some people... <laughs> underestimate or over assume certain things based on age. And I'll have nine year olds that are on their iPad and ordering their stuff and fine. And I'll have a 30 year old or 50 year old that does not use a computer. So I think you have to make your best assumptions on people by the way they behave, Mm -hmm. not by their age or their sex or anything like that. Love that. What would you say is the best way to stay relevant despite constant change? I always think ahead. What, what's happening in your organization, what's happening maybe in your own company. To me, I always want to stay five steps ahead. It means you leave certain people behind that aren't ready, but then you kind of find the groups that are with you. And then the people that want to come along, you bring the ones that are along, they're ready. And yet the other ones that kind of want to lay back, watch, watch. And then, you know, I kind of like the laggers. And then when people are ready, they'll come forward. So to stay relevant, you have to stay ahead. You have to think ahead and look around what's happening in your organization and how can you help other people on the teams? What will someone on another team call you because, you know, they see you doing something over here that might help their team. So learning how to do something that nobody else wants to learn how to do is my favorite thing. Hmm. Love that. I'm the expert. Love that. What's one area of focus that drives everything in what you do? I have to know how things work. I'm dogged. I have to figure <laughs> it out. Like I'll YouTube video, I'll read a book, I'll do whatever it takes to, to figure it out. Even as thinking what you said about books, the only book on my table right now is uh, a book to learn how to be board certified in nursing informatics. Now I'll read like hmm. a page out of that a, a day wow. um, to work on my skill set to prepare for That's the exam. Cool. So to me, it's, um, I just have to know. How it works. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, Danielle, that's powerful. Like, for example, and, and, and so let me ask you the last question and then we'll, we'll segue. Uh, what is your number one success habit? Number one success habit? I would say, honestly, it's, it's reading every day. Like, I'm constantly looking. I'm constantly looking that's at flights. Habit. I'm constantly looking at conferences. I'm constantly looking at new tools, new platforms. And I don't look just in my lane, like health, health tech. I look at other groups. I look at architect groups, articles. There's a a gentleman that wrote an article about me and he does architect in France. And he, we met, there was an event where it was like hospitals. Uh And so he was there for the construction piece of the hospital. And I was there for the health tech portion. So having a conversation with him and how do they do projects when they build a hospital? Like, what are the teams looking like that? How's that all come together? What? Something that 
I have architects come to me like, you know, we need a nurse that understands project management architect. Is there anybody around like that? So I go outside my lanes. I'll talk to journalists. I'll talk to um, tech people because I need to have an overview about what's going on. There's some other tool or some other trick that's going someplace else that I can implement that and ensure that with my tribe. Love that. Folks, there you have it. And the bottom line is that, uh, you know, you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You know, uh, yeah. Danielle reads consistently. She, she contributes consistently. And it's the old story where there was the grandfather with the grandkids and uh, there was a candle and it was, it was burning. And the, kid, the kids uh, say, Grandpa, don't put your finger in there. It's going to burn you. Grandpa says, oh, no, it won't burn me. So he flashes his finger in there, takes it out. And it's like, see, it didn't burn me. He does it again. It didn't burn me. And the kids are like, no, you got to leave it there a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, oh, okay. And that's when he used that as, as, as an uh, example of, okay, well, you got to clean up your room every single day. And that's how you get your allowance, you know? And, and so with anything that we do, folks, you got to do it a little bit longer. It's the consistency. Right? People would always say, do what you like, do what you like. And it's always like, well, how do you do that? You know, no one tells you the good or bad of success or how they got there. They don't tell you if they actually had to stab somebody in the back or if they actually you know, <laughs> did it the right way or if they fudged their resume or something. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to tell you like those details. But the one thing is, if you want to be successful in what you do, you have to be consistent and really stick with it. And people gravitate to consistency. And that's mm. totally true. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Great message, Danielle. And, and so we're here to the end. I love if you could just recommend your book and then give us a closing thought. Oh my. Okay. My book, I'm going to have to, and it's so tattered, my poor little book. <laughs> do you have it right there with you? I, I do. I have a, nice. it's called a informatics nurses game, a secret, secret guide, the key to success. And it talks a lot about uh, different nurse theories, uh, different things you need for the exam. A lot of stuff that was covered in grad school. Some of the stuff wasn't covered in grad school for me. So that's, that's the book on my, on my desk right now. Love it. Great recommendation. Listeners, if you want to get the transcript and the tidbits of wisdom that Danielle shared with us today, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And in the search bar, type in Inno Nurse, I-N-N-O-N-U-R-S-E, or just type in Danielle. Either way, the episode will come up, full transcript, links, everything that you need to take this episode to the next level. And you could also hit rewind and listen to it again. That's the beauty of podcasting. Uh, Danielle, give us a closing thought and uh, let us know the best place to follow you and get in touch. Closing thought, I would say, is do what makes you happy and be consistent in it. Enjoy yourself. And to me, life is like homework. If you do a little bit every day, if you take care of your health a little bit every day, you know, a little maintenance, it makes all the difference in the world. So that's pretty much it for me is always be consistent, be genuine. That's what people are looking for in interactions and collaborations. And to reach me, um, info is my website. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under InnoNurse. 
you can always Google me, find me on this site, search my name, and I'm not hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Danielle, this has been a blast. Really, really appreciate your, um, your spirit, your thoughts, and uh, glad you joined us today. Thanks. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.